Congratulations, Patchworks, on five years. This last weekend, they celebrated their fifth anniversary of being a shop. And um, unfortunately, I was cleaning my uh, my old apartment most of the day, so I couldn't uh, I couldn't really hang out too long. But I popped in and saw that they had opened their already pretty big uh, showroom floor. They opened it up even more. They took the curtain wall down. Um, and it's just like it's such an enormous amazing space if you want to if, if if you're listening to this show then you know close your eyes and imagine the ultimate synth shop well that's patchworks um so yeah if you if you're in the seattle area uh if you're coming to the seattle area you should definitely go check it out i'm just so excited that they're at five years and they're still growing they're just such you know how much I love them. You know how important they are to this community. Tom and Cindy, hats off to y'all. Just absolutely amazing. I got to see some friends that I hadn't seen in a while. Um, it was just great. Just absolutely fantastic. So I'm sorry to everybody out there who uh, who isn't close enough to come visit in person. But you know what the next best thing is? I mean, patchworks.com, right? P-A-T-C-H-W-E-R-K-S dot com for all your synthesizer needs. Thank you to Patchworks for your continued support of the show. And thanks to you all who uh, who support Patchworks because you hear about it here on PodMod. Helping out the sponsors is the way that you help out PodMod. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's all good and it's all love. And uh, that's all I got. P-A-T-C-H-W-E-R-K-S dot com. Hello and welcome back to Podular Modcast. This is Tim, and I'm super stoked to finally be back on track with a regular episode with a guest. And uh, it's kind of um, it's kind of perfect that our first the first guest that I interview in the new studio is also the person who sent me the first module that was mailed to the new house, and that's Eli from Mystic Circuits. And if you've been listening to the show for a while, you know I'm a big fan of Mystic Circuits. You also know that Eli is a, um, a good buddy of mine. Um, we actually met because of PodMod. I had him on the show. We interviewed him via, you know, it wasn't Zoom back then. It was probably Skype or something. It doesn't matter. Either way, um, it was really cool to uh, sit down and, and have a good chat with him because it's been a while. Um, and the, the, the new leaves, the expander for the tree module, which actually also can work as an expander for a Turing machine and the Benjamin V2 and anything else that supports the Turing machine um, protocol. So that's that's pretty cool. It's um, it's it's meant to be used with his module tree and it works very well with it. Um, but yeah, you can also use it for uh, for your Turing machine. So that's that's pretty cool. And we're going to talk about uh, that and why he did that and uh, a bunch of other stuff. And I'm going to even do some demos here, which are going to feature the tree and leaves. But before I we do that, I uh, I have some cool stuff I'd like to share with you. So I um, I was invited to be a, um, a a contributor to this this really cool um, project from the High Guide podcast. Um, I'll put a link in the show description. But they're basically doing um, a run of their episodes called uh, Psychedelic Journeys. And each journey is going to have its own um, kind of theme. And I was asked to make 
uh, two long-form pieces for two different types of uh, prompts for these these journeys. So the idea is, um, well, I'll just tell you about the one that's out right now. I'm a, I'm I made music for episode two, uh, and that was the idea was you were supposed to have a psychedelic experience with close friends or family, um, and it, it was really cool. So they gave me this prompt: make music that's for people who are having a meaningful experience with friends and family um make it 45 minutes to an hour long that's it and that was such a fun prompt um and uh yeah you can go listen to it now i'll put a link in the show description you can listen to the the piece of music that i made and then after that there's a follow-up episode where they interview some people who actually did take psychedelics and listen to my music and they talk to them about that experience and then they also talk to me a little bit about the experience of making it and everything um and then i'm also doing music for episode four and some friendly uh some friendly faces or voices from pod mod uh they both both have been on the show tom butcher from patchworks he uh he did the music for episode one and then andy aka gel soul is doing some music for other ones so link in the show description i would love it if you went and checked that out it was so much fun and i actually think that these two long form pieces of music that i made are two of the best things that i've made maybe ever i'm I, i'm i hope they let me release them as albums actually I, I gotta i gotta ask her about that but either way episode two is out now right now i would love for you to check it out and tell me what you think Okay, we've got a lot to get into as far as modules go. We got the tree and leaves, and I'm also uh, demoing the inertia from new systems instruments for the next couple weeks. Um, so I'm gonna get into a demo. It's a little bit long um, because, to be honest, like these are pretty complicated modules, and it's it's I, I'm not really great at explaining them yet. I just got them, and uh, it's hard to to do them justice in, in a short amount of time. So this week's demo is a uh, is a little long. Um, but I think it's cool. I created a pretty cool piece of music, uh, that I actually used for my second piece, um, for the high guide thing. So a little, a little preview there. And we are going to get into that in a moment, but first, so, Hey, Jimmy G, what did you think of the secret aardvark sauces? I, I don't know. Once I tried the, uh, drunken jerk Jamaican, it was, uh, love at first sight. That's Jimmy G, my dad giving you the what for about uh, what he thought about these secret aardvark sauces. They came over, my mom and dad, to see the new house that Hannah and I live in, and they stayed the night. And for dinner, I thought, hey, you know what? Why don't I bring out the, the big guns? So I brought out all of the sauces that I have um, and, and let Jimmy G go through the whole array. And, uh, yeah, he was a, 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 obviously a huge fan of the Jamaican jerk. He also really enjoyed the... Uh, the habanero sauce so uh yeah why don't we hear what he has to say about that so it just had that habanero flavor without so much heat i couldn't agree more jimmy g um and i'm also really excited to tell you but also excited to find out because i haven't tried him yet that there are three new sauces they've got the aardvark reaper they've got the smoky chipotle aardvark and then they got the hot and tata sauce which is a scorpion hot sauce that one sounds really hot but I know I'm in good hands with Secret Aardvark, so I'm, I'm definitely going to try it. Uh, take it away, Jimmy G. For chefs at any level looking to spice up old favorites or a newcomer in the kitchen, Secret Aardvark sauce and marinades are the perfect partner in crime for that finely crafted moxie you can use time and again. To learn more, go to secretardvark.com. 
I'm gonna do. I'm gonna try to do a little um, instead of just a, a traditional demo. Even I, I don't really do traditional demos, but a traditional, non-traditional Tim demo. Um, I kind of just want to like share with y'all um, where where I'm at modular wise, uh, artistic wise, and setup wise, um, and how these modules that I'm actually demoing and we're gonna be talking about, you know, today on this very episode. Uh, with one of their creators um just how much these modules are shaping uh, well how should i say this i feel like i'm finding the kit that i need to say what i've been wanting to say a long time on the modular system and i'm, I'm finally getting a system put together that is allowing me to achieve this um easier like more more easily you know, it's funny when you ramble, when you're somebody who rambles and then will get off on tangents in the middle of a thought, like I'll say something and then maybe I'll insert a new idea in the middle. But if you wrote it out, it would be a sentence and maybe there'd be some commas or maybe even a semicolon, even though I don't really know how to properly use those. Um, you have to come back and tie a bow on what you started the sentence about at the end of the sentence in order for it to make sense. But by the time you're past your tangent, you kind of forgot how you were using, um, tenses, you know, and, um, and plurality. So it's hard to put a button on these things or yeah, tie a bow on these sentences. Um, is this at all? Dude, you know what? I'm going to not edit this part out. Um, just for maybe the two people who understood or related to what I just said. What am I trying to talk about right now? These modules that I really love. I've got a bunch of cool modules lately that I feel like I'm really gelling with and I want to explain them to you. I'm finding a hard time figuring out how to talk about these these modules and give them do them their their due justice in an audio form. Um, I don't want to just go through the manual and explain them. Uh, it could be a little bit confusing if you just listen to a piece of music and I say, Hey, I use these things. So what I'm going to try to do is I'm just going to try to play this piece of music that I just created because I really like it. Um, and then explain to you how uh, just a few of these modules that I've recently got that I'm, that I'm promoting on the show currently that I'm interviewing people about on the show currently. Um, just see there, I did it. I did the tangent thing and I don't know how to tie a bow on what I'm, what I just said, like tense wise and pl like pl plural, singular, all that kind of stuff. <sighs> I'm telling you, moving into a new house and then trying to like get back into the swing of things. Uh, it's just, it's a whole thing. It's all good. I'm going to play this patch for you for a minute and then I'm going to tell you about it.
All right, we're going to start with uh, the inertia from new systems instruments. Uh, as you know, I've used it already on the show as a filter, as an oscillator, um, as a slew limiter. And last week I, I mentioned that using it as kind of like a, a funky LFO or a, a, excuse me, a funky envelope was my favorite way to use it. I'm starting to realize now that the <laughs> the the line between LFO, envelope, and slew limiter here um, it gets blurred with these these uh, these momentum controls, and I think that's what makes this thing very special. Uh, when I first got it, I was like, okay, it's a slew limiter, um, but it parent you know it can do all this other stuff. But like, what is it? Like, it's called like a, a movement generator, and that sounded really exciting, and I didn't know what that meant. Anyways, I'm learning what that means, and it's it's amazing. It's so much fun. So just really quick, I've got the the Sync Three from Starling going into the uh, the Alter Ritual Electronics filter, um, and I'm just triggering the inertia with uh, with a square LFO from the Baker from Afterlater Audio. So a very very standard, just slow square hitting it opening it up like you would on channel one of maths or whatever just opening up that slew so let's just listen to that really quick just like any function generator can mess with our rise and fall time cv control over that that's fun so pretty standard let's start introducing some of these um these momentum controls into it here. So this is this is the momentum here. So it's almost like you're getting like a ratcheting thing almost. It's like I, I want to. I wish. I really wish I could explain it, but it's. I, I don't understand how what it's doing yet. I need to get a, a, an oscillos uh, an oscilloscope out and plug it in. That'll help me figure it out. But either way, I'm really like. You know how you like. I I know how it behaves, but I don't know what it's do like how it's doing what it's doing. So I've gotten to the point where I know that I can get it into a spot that I really like. Uh, and then there's this skew knob that's part of the momentum control. So it's kind of fun. You can you can almost get to a point where you can add um, what what could sound like like a delay or something, um, just by the way you open up uh, this filter. But where it really really gets exciting here is when you start introducing CV control into all of these parameters. Um, so again, this is just being triggered with a standard square wave but we're still getting it's not just a on the beat one 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 it's doing it's doing funky stuff um that's the technical term so i'm gonna i'm gonna use the div the, the div kit and instro opt um just because i use it all the time uh, i'm gonna so i'm gonna pr plug a couple uh slow triangle lfos into the momentum and the skew control really quick and then this all gets more interesting when you start messing with the rise and fall time. So I'm going to put the uh, the fastest, that's still pretty slow, um, LFO from Oct into the uh, the rise. And I'm actually I'm gonna um, yeah I'm gonna make that rise go longer with the LFO. 
So there's attenuverters on every single one of the CV ins. So that's very, very useful. And then finally, what I'm going to do, because there's two outputs on the, uh, on the inertia, um, I'm actually running the other one through the boundary from Schlappy Engineering. So I'm running um, you know, a slew a slew limiter into another slew limiter. Um, and then I'm going to put that signal into the fall time on the, uh, the inertia. Oops, I put it on the end. That was the wrong. I was like, wait, that didn't sound right. So here we have um, a a slew limiter function generator uh, just being triggered by a square wave, like I've said, and through the uh, CV control of all the different parameters, we're getting a pretty interesting way of opening up this filter. Um, or you could plug it into a VC. I'm kind of using the filter as a VC. Uh, and then, of course, just throw a little uh, throw a little reverb in on that. I just picked up the Z-verb from Tip Top uh, yesterday. Really digging it. I got it at Patchworks at their five-year celebration. Congratulations, Patchworks, for five years. So yeah, that's how I'm using the inertia here. Um, I've made a few patches very similar to this. Um, it's it's just a lot of fun to find cool ways, uh, just really interesting envelopes, um, especially feeding it something like uh, triangle LFOs from the opt because they're not necessarily linked together time-wise. Um, so you're kind of getting a lot of variation. Okay, so the second module I want to talk about in this, um, we're actually going to be talking to the creator of it, so we'll be we're getting it. We're, we will be getting into more depth about these two modules here in a moment. But it's the the tree and leaves from Mystic Circuits. So the tree is a sequential switch, which is so much more than just a sequential switch. Um, and then the leaves is an is an expander for it, so it's a CV output. Uh, expander, um, but it will also work with the Turing machine as an expander. So if you have a Turing machine, you could get the leaves to, uh, yeah, and it would work just fine with it. But here's what I'm doing with those two things. Let's focus on the uh, the leaves right now. What I'm doing is I'm feeding um, a, a sequence from the Enigma, which is basically it's the the smaller version of the Volts expander for the uh, for the Turing machine uh, and the Benjolin V2. I'm using it currently with the Benjolin V2. What I'm doing is I'm sending that into the transpose input of leaves. Um, I should probably explain a little bit about leaves. So think of it as an eight-step sequencer. If you feed, you know, if you just feed tree a gate. Uh, a clock signal into tree, then it'll just cycle through and you have these nice sliders that you can uh, select your notes with. So you put it through a quantizer, you got a nice little sequencer. Um, and you can get funkier than that. But there are four outputs on it. And the last output is uh, all, all eight of the steps um, that come out of it. And then each one of these outputs of leaves has its own transpose in. 
So what's really fun with that is to send it a sequence. If you send it a melodic sequence into its transpose um, and you turn all the sliders down, then you're basically just passing that sequence through. But as you move these sliders around, you're going to add some uh, variation into that sequence. Uh, you're going to change the notes of that sequence, but w how often that happens is going to be determined by how you have uh, the tree behaving with different gates and whatnot. Um, it's a lot, a lot easier to explain with a visual, but let's just listen really quick. So here I'm just going to feed... So this is the Enigma. This is the sequence coming from Enigma. It's going through tree, but it's unaltered by tree right now. And I'm going to turn up the uh, the time on the on the uh, the Baker the LFO just so we have a little bit more time or some more going on. Make the filter a little less intrusive. Okay, there we go. So there we go, that's the sequence coming through the Enigma. Now let's start turning some of these sliders up on tree. Because I've got the tree being um, triggered to move backwards every once in a while, we have some of that forward, forward backwards stepping in the sequence, which is really fun to add in. So again, all the way down. on the tree back up these sliders and you can kind of slide them out wherever you really want if you've got it quantized luckily the the sync 3 just kind of quantizes whatever you send it so I don't have to send this through a quantizer but yeah if you're sending it through a quantizer then you can kind of just move these sliders around willy-nilly and get a lot of cool um, you know variation in your sequence um, and then of course again however you have the uh, the, the tree interacting with different gates and whatnot you can make these um yeah you can make these steps just kind of go in all sorts of different directions so you can get kind of a seemingly random sounding thing that isn't technically random but i mean you know what i mean so again add some delay to that or excuse me reverb and some delay hell let's let's do the delay first nice and simple let's uh get our Inertia back to where we had it. Now let's turn that reverb up. So I'm sending the tree all sorts of different gates. I'm sending it um, the XOR output of the Benjolin. I'm sending it the Rungler output of the Benjolin and the pulse uh, output, one of the pulse outputs from the Benjolin. I'm also randomly resetting it or uh, making the tree go backwards with the uh, the clock output from the mimeophone that I'm not clocking at all with anything else in the system. So it's kind of uh, an unrelated, um, you know, hey, go backwards. So it's, it's, it's not in time with that, which I think is kind of fun. Um, what else do I got going on here? Using the qubit uh, cascade for... Um, kind of a ratcheting gate sequence which which I am sending into the tree as well. So yeah, that's uh 
I hope this kind of made sense. It's really it, like it's really hard to explain all these things when you a can't fully explain them, and b you don't have the visual. Um, but the rest of the patch is I'm running this. I'm duplicating this signal, um, what we've been listening to, into uh, first into the data bender. So let's just get that to where I had it. So I've got it in the green mode, a couple octaves down. Got some CV controlling, various parameters on that, and I'm running that through um, the Kaminiac phaser. And then into the dirty murals from recovery effects, which is a delay and reverb. And let's bring this original signal back in. And then of course, with stuff like this, you can always make it so much more beautiful when you send it to Morphogene. So here, let me take that data bender side out, turn the volume or the, the reverb down. So I've got a couple octaves down on the Morphogene. It's being triggered to play uh, by some random gates here. And then I'm controlling the, uh, the slide and gene size as well with uh, two more outputs from tree. So there's not a whole lot going on. You can't hear too much going on here. It's very subtle, but when you send that through the data bender, and then you start mixing in your original signal a little bit with that. Get yourself a nice, peaceful, but kind of creepy, glitchy sounding thing. Anyways, yeah. All of this is to say that the inertia, the tree, and the leaves um, are all just absolutely a blast to play with, especially like using the Benjolin as your control forge with all of this stuff. The boundary from Schlappy Engineering has been a real treat. The Cascade from Qubit, and this isn't even a plug, but Q I mean, Qubit, I just, I've only had two of their modules and I absolutely love both of them. Uh, the Sync 3 from Starling is, is one of the most fun oscillators I've played with in a long time. I highly recommend that one. So, uh, but yeah, please go check out this Inertia. I think new systems are red. I mean, they're a new company. They only have a handful of modules out, but everything that I have messed with from them is um, really innovative um, and cool uh, engineering. It's just, it's very interesting takes on and, and, uh, expounding on existing uh, ideas. Let's talk to Eli. It, it's crazy. My, uh, my sweatshirt looks purple. Does it look it purple, purple to you? It looks super purple. No, I know. It, I wish it was the color that it looks on my screen. It's actually uh, like maroon. Oh, but what? Yeah, I know. Uh, I don't. Your hair looks kind of purple too, actually. Oh, Look at that. It must be just the weird light in here, I guess. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. The, it's crazy. This 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 computer's awesome, but the camera on it sucks. It's like uh -huh. I don't understand why they can't put like a 1080 camera in. Yeah, the I'm computer. just using the built-in camera too. Yeah, I need to get a webcam or something. But shit, that's not what I want to talk to you about. Mm -hmm. It's been a while. It's been yeah, a long time been. since we've chatted. I mean, we we text every once in a while, but I haven't yeah. talked with you. Totally. Yeah. It's good I to think see the you. likewise. Yeah. yeah. I think the last time was 
I think um, during the pandemic, me, you, and and Eric Schlappy just got on a Zoom call I just to hang that. out yeah. because we were like, yeah, that was good. Yeah, that was yeah, that was that, really it nice. Would probably have been um, output or the uh, that's the name of the event that Patchworks through, right? Velocity. Velocity. Yeah, yeah that's that yeah, that's close. the last. That was fun. Um, actually, I just went. Patchworks just had their five year anniversary, and I popped Dude. in yesterday for their yeah. big, their new really place. Well. They've got the new zone. Dude. And, yeah, yeah, and they finally opened the full floor. It's it's huge. They've nice. got so much stuff in there, and it's um, exciting. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, you'll have to come back. And yeah, I have totally. a I have a spare bedroom now, so you don't have to sleep on the couch Ooh. this time. Well, it wasn't too bad, but it uh, <laughs> sounds fun. Yeah, I'm definitely next uh next velocity. I I would I'm definitely planning on catching that. It was a really good time last time. Yeah, I hope they plan I hope they do something like that again. Um uh, I t- I emailed a while back and they said 2022. So, okay, cool. Yeah, they cool. are looking at doing another one, but you know, obviously it's just like COVID withstanding. Yeah. Fuck. Um, yeah, who knows. Um speaking of like it's uh, it's like a sucks to talk about it, but how how generally was your uh, how how generally has been your your COVID uh, years? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I feel bad saying this. I pretty much like, you know, got, given the circumstances had like the best possible experience like i started the whole thing out being like nobody is going to buy synthesizers during like the apocalypse and Mm -hmm. i was very wrong about that i sold everything that i had going into the (laughs) pandemic pretty quickly and then had to start building new stuff and um you know just to like stay sane and basically i was working my ass off like developing new things and i've i'm getting to the point like leaves was like the first one of the first things that i actually developed during the pandemic that i'm now releasing and i have maybe like three to four products all lined up back to back oh great i spent so much time just sit, you know like working because i had nothing better to do right um, yeah i moved into a house instead of an apartment like right before the pandemic hit uh-huh so i had a yard and like you know was close to hiking and stuff like that. So I was, you know, I didn't feel as cooped up. Like mm-hmm. I was able to sort of like, uh, spend time outside. And I think that was really helpful for my mental health. Um, I knew like, I obviously living in LA and my roommate, uh, works, uh, festivals and that all disappeared right away. So a lot of yeah. my friends lost like all of their, up, you know, their income, like whether they worked in TV or in live events or even as musicians. So mm-hmm. um, I was, you know, I was one of the few people I know that didn't have to go on unemployment. I did end up applying for some business grants and I got a, I got a little bit, but I, I wasn't like really chasing it super hard. Cause it wasn't like I had um, employees that I had to keep on the, on the dole or anything right, like that. Right. So yeah, I mean like I, I I didn't have any close family members die. Like my grandma got COVID and she fought it off because she's oh, tough. Good. Wow, it was kind of incredible actually. Like she was in one of the nursing homes in New York that got. Oh really? Holy yeah, shit! Yeah, they got so she got COVID like really early, and it, we were like, you know, she's old. She's very old. So mm-hmm. it, like, if she had died from it, I, it would have obviously been sad, but it wouldn't have been like, oh no, she went before her time. So right, right. Um, yeah, like no, no um, she made it. I, I saw her again like last year you know like 
um, yeah, so COVID hasn't been too bad for me. Um, I've tried to, I've tried to sort of like take the like incredible privilege of like not, of, you know, not having to have like jumped ship and either like worked for an engineering firm or, um, or like, you know, gotten a job like waiting tables or, or, Mm -hmm. you know, stacking shelves or whatever. And, um, tried to transfer that into like using my skills to do something helpful. So I've been trying to develop, um, first of all, I've been doing more zero HPs because I Mm -hmm. think that that is sort of like, you know, I make money on them, but not a lot and they're all open source. So I'm trying to make it as easy as it's possible for people who are like just starting out with synthesizers to just like build as many of them as they need to in order to Mm -hmm. have like some some extra interesting stuff and like learn a little bit about building stuff and then i've also been um working on some diy like very very simple diy projects that i can then like give the designs to places that i like and let them use it to fundraise so i'm developing one for afro rack right now and then i have plans for another one for um, coaxial, which is a venue in LA that okay. is, um, that it, you know, is basically like the center of the LA synthesizer scene. Like it, it is very, um, very much like a sort of like tent pole that our community revolves around. And, um, I had plans for S1, but I don't, I, I haven't, I'm pretty sure that they didn't make it through the pandemic. So, oh, um, okay. I know that there are other synthesizer libraries in operation that I could possibly use this for. Um, so yeah, I mean like just making like small, simple designs that like maybe wouldn't make sense as my own product, but being mm-hmm. able to be like, okay, what am I good at? I'm good at designing, you know, sort of good at designing synthesizer modules. So I can maybe do that and use that to, to fundraise for, um, organizations that I like rather than just like, you know, giving them money directly. I'm like, I'll give you something that lets you make money for a long time. I love that. I was just thinking the other day about how, like I was, you know, um, you know, 2020 was just such a crazy year and I got really motivated to try to become like an agent of positive social change and started donating, you know, a fair amount of money. Mm-hmm. And I still donate to all those places that I, that I signed up for. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, I just still, I'm kind of fallen back into this, like, I, I want to do something yeah. besides just give the money. So that sounds right. really cool. That sounds, yeah. you know, that's awesome. I mean, um, it's and, not much, but it, it's like, I'm, I was just like sort of at one point, like brainstorming, like, what can I do with my skills? This mm-hmm. is sort of something I can do. So I'm going to give it a shot, you know? You did something like this for a, was that, did you do something like this for your, your makerspace? Yeah. So the makerspace I worked with, I ended up fundraising a fair amount of money for them actually with the PFR Slater mini design. It's funny because I called it the mini because I was working on something else called the PFR Slater at the time. I remember that. And I never ended up releasing it. So it's like a, a annoyingly obtuse name, but yeah, I, (laughs) I made like a couple grand for their um fundraiser for their uh kickstarter um unfortunately they're not around anymore but um it did help to sort of sustain them for a while and then i had a bunch left over and i was just like i'll put them online at some point and then when the protests happened last year i was able to raise like around a grand maybe a little less for um some bail funds 
Oh, cool. Uh, so, yeah, it was like kind of the same idea. I'm like, I can mm-hmm. donate to these bail funds. I ended up doing that. But I can also like, you know, use like, you know, we live in a we live in a heavily like marketed uh, sort of like sp- space right where everything mm-hmm. is about keeping people's attention and i'm like okay i can use this thing that i have that i'm that i'm you know not i'm not relying on it to pay my bills or whatever mm-hmm. but i can u- i can sort of use that to like point people's attention in the direction of these things that i'm trying to support while also generating money for them yeah um, yeah and you know it worked out it worked out pretty well um and it's the kind of thing too that I can I can sort of do it like in my free time like I don't have a ton of free time but being able to like if I'm already going to be ordering circuit boards for a design I can just like spend an extra day or two around those times like sort of uh, put some more some more juice into this project and then have it come along with me as opposed to other things that I've considered doing um, that would require like a large diversion of time away from what i'm doing and then just right like, both things suffer sort of you know yeah totally yes absolutely yeah uh, yeah this, yeah this is just my internal logic of what um what what i'm doing in in this space it isn't what i was expecting to talk about but i'm glad to be talking <laughs> about it yeah. yeah yeah um well so when you came out for velocity i think you stayed with us for three nights yeah that sounds was, about right so we were we were talking a lot about what you were up to mm-hmm. um, module wise. And you just said that you have some stuff, you know, kind of lined up. So are mm-hmm. a, a lot of these modules that maybe you, we were talking about then are these, are I these the remember. modules? <laughs> well, I don't want to say in case you don't want me to, uh, I guess I can bleep it out. Sure. Give me a hint. Um, I, yeah, yeah. So items actually the next module that I'm about to release, and I've I've uh, I've talked about it um, publicly with uh, on a couple different venues. So, okay, yeah, cool. It's, okay, it's cool. out there now. All right, um, all right. It's the you know I I've been working on it, kind of improving it over the course of the pandemic, and now it's very close to done. I'm about to order production prototypes, and if that goes well, I will order the full batch and then finalize the code while that's happening. And there's just like a lot of things that changed. Like, you know, I originally had it based on an Arduino nano, which isn't available anymore. And then Mm -hmm. like they released basically like right as I was doing this, they released a new version of the nano called the nano every that's pin compatible and much, uh, much more powerful. And so I kind of like re reverted it, with that and then just like unfortunately with these things you just keep getting new ideas for features and so Uh um it's made it uh it's made it tough to kind of like um be like okay this is the final thing it's done you know imagine especially in a digital space yeah that's that's my first digital module and it definitely has made it tough to to be like i'm not doing anything extra you know, mm-hmm. but I think at the point where I decided it was going to be based on an Arduino, that kind of helped because I'm I am intending it to be really easy for people to reprogram. So yeah. it's going to be like open source, okay, um, open hardware, and the code is going to be like laid out and you know hopefully commented well enough that somebody who isn't like an expert at programming will be able to dig in and like 
tweak some of the numbers or add a little bit of something or other. Okay, cool. We might as well say what item does. Yeah, item, I was going to, uh, well, I want to see if I remember. I want to sure, see how yeah, accurate it is. You explain what item does. Item, it's called item because it's an instant IADM machine, right? Mm. So I think from what I remember, it's basically, is it just like a, uh, like a, a, a gate sequencer that, has like pre-programmed patterns that are musical in the sense of IDM style um, music. The, so there's that's like a mode. Um, basically, okay. IDM takes in a gate sequence and then it processes the gates in one of eight modes. So okay. that it, it will sort of like uh, add variation to your sequences. Um, oh, that so, sounds cool. Yeah. Okay. So you can you can send something through. And on every clock that it receives, there's a probability that it'll do this modification. And then there's one of eight modifications you, you can select. So there's like a gate shorten and lengthen that can also remove notes. There's um, there's a ratcheting, there's bouncing ball, there's a rotate, you know. Um, okay, So cool. all of these things are um, something that will tweak the gates while a modification is active and so you have like a lot of control over like if the probability is all the way down it will um it will just pass through whatever come whatever's coming in if the mod if the probability is all the way up it'll always do the um modification you have selected and then you can like send a gate to your probability if you want to just be able to trigger it for like one step predictably and stuff like that so there's a lot of um there's a lot of different ways to mess with your uh gate sequences and patterns in uh in either an incredibly insane you know totally off the wall way where you're not really sure what it's doing mm -hmm. or in a way that's much more controlled. And you're like, every once in a while I wanted to add like a little bit of extra, um, you know, like either removing notes or adding a little bit of ratcheting or something like okay. that. Okay. Yeah. I'm really excited because I, like, I swear every, every few months since you were out here, I think about it. I'm like, <laughs> I wonder yeah. when he's going to finish item yeah. because like, that just sounds like such a fun module. Yeah. And now like that, I've I need to get it produced my... before the Chinese new year. Basically that's my goal. Yeah. That's just soon. February. Oh, yeah. okay. I was thinking. Yeah, it was so if I do a production prototype like now, mm -hmm. um, and nothing goes wrong, I I'm pretty confident that I'll be able to get it in, in production before Chinese okay. New Year. Yeah. That's cool. And you got the panel layout and everything's all Yeah, panel's done. Um the purple panels have been interesting because sometimes I'll get a batch of panels and I'm like, these are like way darker than my other panels. Uh -huh. So <laughs> I've had to sort of um like navigate that with the PCB company and they've gotten a lot better at sort of like getting things not like perfectly matched, but at least like to the point where because when when the panels are darker it's because the paint that they use is really thick and so it also kind of like obscures a lot of the details uh -huh. and so i've okay. basically just been like make this as thin as you possibly can and it makes it because there's like texture to my panels now too mm -hmm. so yeah like if the texture is, looks like muddy and the panel's like super dark then it's like not a very useful panel you know yeah so yeah. um yeah that's been a that's been a part of the process and then, uh, yeah, I noticed, too, that uh, JLC PCB, which is a really popular um, circuit board company, especially for prototyping, added purple panels. And I'm like, I wonder if that's because, like, I asked them about it so many times. Um, I want, yeah, that, 
I mean, I just want more variation. I'm, yeah. I am so happy to see you. I know you do. Do, do you still do the black and gold? Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, I never, uh, I was going to do it for Anna and then I sold out of them before I kind of like, um, you know, uh, ended up going through the process of making the panels. So probably when Anna's back, I'll, I'll do a small run of the black panels with it. And then, um, yeah, for, I basically, my plan was just to do it whenever I'm running low on a module, um, just to kind of help like kickstart the, uh, the process of running low of them. But now I'm actually running, I just released tree and I'm sort of running low on trees. So I'm just like, maybe I don't, maybe I don't need to do this. Maybe I should just <laughs> do this whenever I sort of need to fundraise for a, uh, a particular, um, oh yeah, run or something. I think that but, yeah, that's. Uh, I don't know. I mean, with I, I have so many different projects going on that it's hard for me to really prioritize. Like I know people really want the black panels, but I don't. So it's hard for me I know, to really that's, prioritize it. <laughs> it's so frustrating to me of like how many people are just like. I mean, I guess I get the whole you want it to look uniform and stuff, but like yes. I so I love looking at my synth and just seeing. It just looks like a you know a fucking quilt. Yeah, totally. and that's my favorite thing. Synth. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah and no, and I this purple do. looks really, so good. I appreciate the different aesthetics um, between different companies, but I also really like how one company, when you put it all together, like it kind of looks like a like they look good together. So like the mutable yeah. panels all have those like lines that sort of like go across the top and the bottom and they match up with each other mm -hmm. right or like the mannequin stuff all has like the interesting um like uh like they they do almost like how comic books used to have like uh mid um like a like a mid-tone i guess like where it has the the it's gray but it's made out of a texture oh right? yeah so you're only mm -hmm. printing one color but you're able to get variations in in brightness by how thickly that color is placed in that area like i really mm -hmm. like that kind of stuff and being able to see everybody's different you know design philosophy right um when it comes to their panel like it makes me really appreciate the art that goes into it as opposed to everything mm -hmm. just looking like super uh similar you know like yeah have the the make noise which obviously people have a lot of opinions on their design philosophy but i just appreciate that they're willing to to do something interesting you know yeah I, I yeah there's something about there like a lot of people say that it doesn't make sense I've heard that mm -hmm. I it, it's like I don't know it makes perfect sense to me once you like kind of get what the module does sure I, sure I really like the way make noise does it but I I have I have close friends who I mean they like opposite. start they sort of started the whole black and gold totally trend yeah so they're doing something right, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then um, yeah. <laughs> I have that next to the quad drum by VPME, which has its own sort of, you know, very unique, like, laid out aesthetic. And then I have that next to, like, a Magpie modular panel. And that's, like, three very different um, kind of uh, qualities of panel that are mm -hmm. all like them all being next to each other. I don't know. I, I, I get a lot out of that. I get, yeah, that not everybody, you know, that's the nice thing about modular is like everybody's using it for a different reason and does it with different, um, you know, different aesthetics. But for me, I really like the sort of like diversity of design choices that go into 
a modular. Although I am, I do have a goal of, you know, for trade shows specifically, like having a synth that that is entirely purple panel. Yes. Um, because I think that would be really eye catching. And then, you know, possibly like that doesn't necessarily mean it would be all my own modules, but having like purple replacement mod panels for mm -hmm. like, you know, the ornaments and crimes and like a couple of other things that like, you know, my power module or something like that, like having replacement purple panels for a handful of modules that I would use from other companies. And that way I can just really like show people what the purple is the purple um the purple mindset you know yeah i want to yeah. get people into the purple mindset <laughs> well i'm i'm team purple all the way and these i gotta say these uh the knobs that you have on the the yeah. sliders are oh, yeah. so fucking cool yeah, yeah, yeah those are the thonk uh Cypham, i think is the company but yeah I, it's funny even like i was gonna do it um without these slider caps but I, um, in order to make the rainbow LED uh, thing with the sliders, uh, we're talking about leaves right now. Mm -hmm. um, so in order to get the rainbow effect on the LEDs, I actually have to pull out all of the LEDs that come with the sliders, cut these oh, sliders shit. that I've got to uh, length, excuse me, and then um, replace them all. And sometimes like the because when it's made in a factory it's all going to be like the legs will be like perfectly um shaped and tensioned in such a way that the legs pushing against the out exterior of their enclosure will keep it in place but mm -hmm. with doing it by hand like i just don't have that kind of precision right and so every once in a while the leds would like pop out and i'm <laughs> like well i'm gonna need to have a slider cap in order to keep them all in place and it ended up being a great i think it feels way better than it it did feels great normal. Yeah. yeah and it looks great and yeah it, i say this all the time hard to look at too like because it's diffused you know mm-hmm mm-hmm yeah. yeah totally i love that kind of soft soft glow of them yeah. um I also like I, I aesthetic aesthetic means a lot to me. Sure. I want I want an instrument that invites me to come play it and having having leaves in the system now. Tree and I've got tree leaves and Anna all next to each other. Oh, yeah. So I've got my little I need the purple panel for for Anna, but I've just got my little purple garden oh, up here. Yeah, I was going to send that to you, wasn't I? Um, I have the one for Portal too. It's just it, that's the one that came out really dark. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but it looks good. I mean, you know, I'd yeah. Like to start, I'd like to make portals again. It's just the there's some of the parts are aren't available right now with the. Part well, I was going to ask so, about that. So you yeah. said you you know you had a lot of work to do and you were able to keep busy during the pandemic and yeah. you've got these modules on their way out. Has the chipocalypse or any of that like messed with your operation personally? Yeah, a bit. I mean, um, there are my stuff is almost entirely analog obviously mm -hmm. idum would be the first digital module and the things that really went out of stock really quickly were mostly um digital components so mm -hmm. like the arm processors arms are used in like everything so that went really quickly but then also um converters especially audio converters because there was one of the i don't remember the name of the company but one of the big um kind of like top-of-the-line audio converter and audio IC companies had a big fire in their factory. And uh, I, you maybe heard Schlappy talk about yep. this a bit. Yeah, because yeah, he, his... he had to um, take two-body 
basically and put it on the back burner until this place went back up. So and he's like been working on that for yeah almost as long it's as I've known him. I think like, yeah, yeah it's, exactly. It's I mean, fucking crazy. You know, imagine you've you've put I, and developing those sorts of things isn't cheap either, right? So oh, like, I can't imagine yeah. you put all of these resources like time and money into a thing that you that you're you know probably like. I mean, over the pandemic, especially, right? Like that's a time mm-hmm. where you can really buckle down and focus on something probably like less than a year, less than two years away from releasing. And then suddenly, you know, there's just like no yeah, possibilities for, for producing something. So I've been fortunate in that a lot of the stuff I make is using easy to source and very common components. Mm-hmm. And certainly, you know, we're getting to the point where a lot of those things are also difficult to find. Um, but that, I've uh uh it it seems like a lot of stuff is going to come back in stock sort of around like March maybe okay. of this year. I mean that that's at least you know things can get pushed back, but I've I've seen a lot of dates that are between January and March okay. um, for components that I've kept been keeping my eye on for a while. Mm-hmm. Um okay. and obviously those might get snapped up right away. Uh yeah, it's yeah. hard yeah, it's hard to say. I mean this is going to we're going to be feeling waves of this for at least like another couple years probably oh yeah for sure um, for sure but that yeah i've sort of just been trying to you know if i can't put one thing into production i try to focus on another thing mm-hmm. and then um you know working with uh i i have a lot of stuff produced by wmd who had who you know built up a stockpile of certain components that are like fairly important for synthesizers like you know ssi 2164 vcas are like used in almost everything and so i'm pretty sure they've got a grip of those and um so that that was helpful obviously um but yeah i mean like leaves doesn't use any hard to find components right okay um idum doesn't use any hard to find components uh after that i'm gonna have to sort of like see where things are at um but my next couple of modules shouldn't be too difficult to do um okay but yeah, I mean, it is, it is always, it, I remember there was one day where I woke up to a Facebook post from Paul, uh, from SynthTech being like, it's the end of the world and you should buy all of the chips you're going to need for the next year by Monday. <laughs> um, and I was like, well, damn, I mean, like, does it even matter that I'm, uh, that I've been doing all of this development stuff if I'm not going to be able to build anything. And yeah. uh, fortunately, I mean, like, I'm sure that that was probably true for him mm-hmm. because, again, he most of his, like, a significant portion of his modules are digital and rely on digital components that are hard to find right now. And mm-hmm. I'm sure that his requirements for that are also much more strict considering you're, like, making, you know, a thing that does, like, FFTs based con you know like he he's he worked for TI and stuff like that so he he needs like very specific components whereas mm-hmm. for me I'm like oh uh, TL072s aren't available in SOIC I'll just like or TSOP I'll just like remake all my designs to use SOIC it's not a big <laughs> deal so I realize that doesn't make any sense to anybody but I kind of get um, it now that I've been working with uh with Lenny over at After Later I'm starting oh, yeah. to I'm try I'm starting to speak uh, all y'all's language for sure bit. yeah yeah yeah, it's been and then pretty you cool. Figure it out, and you're like, "Oh, that was it." <laughs> <laughs> not quite. I'm not quite smart. there yet. <laughs> yeah. 
it's uh yeah it's these are these are the conversations we have all the time like he's yeah. had to redesign things because of you know the, these the same things but yeah um yeah i want to for the people listening at home let's i want to first say that tree tree alone is awesome mm-hmm. and it's like i I really wrapped my head around it probably yesterday better than I ever have before, you know, playing with yeah. it and leaves. And, um, I've, I'm, I'm, I just feel like I'm finally stumbling into a system that is meeting my needs. Like I'm going, I, I want to do this. Oh, I have the thing that does this mm. and adding tree and leaves to this kit has just been like, I don't know. It's great. So can we talk a little bit about, what these these two modules are why are we talking about them together yeah, totally. yeah. Um, um i think most people like you if anybody is follows what you do they know about tree because it's been mm-hmm. around for a while sure yeah um but yeah i want to just give us the elevator pitch on that one and get into leaves for a second yeah so um tree is a eight step sequential switch um that's like the most simple description for it it's step sequential switch for those that don't know a sequential switch is kind of like one of those big chunky rotary switches where you're able to like so you know select one out of like five different options on your thing so it'll be like low pass band pass high pass notch you know stuff like that a bunch of things will have a switch that selects between a bunch of different options right and uh, a sequential switch sort of does that in a way where you're able to send it a gate and it just like goes to the next option right and you're able to patch in and out what your different options are so like you could have if you for example have a filter that has a bunch of different outputs you can switch between all the different outputs of that filter and use a gate in order to sort of advance between all of the different um, available options Uh, Mm -hmm. the cool thing about tree is that it comes with all of these um, gate inputs that let you scramble the order of the steps. Mm-hmm. So you have your standard clock reset and direction, but then you also have these shift inputs, which will temporarily shift the current position of the switch or the sequence, um, if you're using it with leaves, from the position that it's at to another step in the sequence. So you have shift by four, shift by two, and shift by one. So by using these shift inputs, um, with different gate sources, you can really quickly get a lot of variation out of this thing that used to just be a standard eight-step sequencer, but now it's sort of more like an eight-possibility sequencer, right? Mm-hmm. You have these eight possibilities. They all have a step, a, a position in the sequence, but by using your shift and clock um, inputs in conjunction with each other you get all of these wild patterns that aren't Mm -hmm. that are completely based on the inputs there's no there's no randomness to it unless you're patching something random into it right Mm -hmm. um so that's tree in a nutshell um the cool thing about leaves is that it adds voltage sequencing to tree right so you've got eight step voltage uh, slider sequencer in 8hp there's four outputs and four inputs. So the four outputs each are like different uh, zone, like different groups of sliders. So you have one output that just gives you like the first four sliders. You have mm-hmm. another output that gives you the middle four sliders. A third output that gives you the bottom four sliders, and then the last output is all eight sliders, which is how you would normally expect an eight-step sequencer to work. And then the inputs just transpose those outputs. And mm-hmm. the way that I found this useful is that sometimes I have like 
um, you know, it, like if you imagine an accent in a uh, in like a 303 style sequencer, sometimes you want to be able to modulate um, a a a factor of your um of your patch without having it be used all the time so like every once in a while i want to be able to bump up the filter cutoff or make the envelope longer or um you know turn on an effect you know like there's just reverb on this one step or whatever and mm-hmm. having the um the subgroup of slider outputs allowed me to sort of get all of those for free especially when you're jumping around in the sequence it'll like jump in and out of different groups of sliders and so it gives you some fairly complex modulation um for the rest of your patch without really needing to do any extra work for it Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. and then the other cool thing about leaves is that they daisy chain and it's very um there's like a lot of stuff that goes into making it easy to daisy chain without them sort of like behaving differently when you have a whole bunch of them so um so i had currently in my patch or in my sequence in my um in my synth i have like four channels of leaves all hooked up to the same tree um and that gives me you know i can i can sequence four different uh uh oscillators with that right like i have the cubic cord which would let me do something like that or Mm -hmm. i can use them to all sequence different things about the patch and then they each one of those has the extra modulation outputs and then you're very quickly getting into uh something that's much deeper than just an eight step voltage sequencer but Mm -hmm. um but it's all uses patching in order to give you that complexity right like i personally i i have a couple of sequencers that have screens and a bunch of different options and you can set like the probability per step and stuff like that and i i enjoy having those features but i use i use it as like an xox gate sequencer like 90 percent of the time because i just don't really um I don't know. I don't. I don't find looking at it a screen super inspiring. Uh, that's part of the reason why I'm into modular sense in the first place. Is like mm-hmm. I like to be able to sort of plug things into each other in weird ways and see how they interact. And so yeah. having the ability to um, get a lot of like basically take an eight step sequencer and imagine all of the complexity that I can get out of that sort of for free, like with patching and uh, and uh, design choices as a as like um something to add extra features to this thing that's been so thoroughly explored Mm -hmm. um has been the way for me to sort of like imagine tree and leaves to be the center of a like sequencing uh ecosystem yeah almost Mm -hmm. rather than just like you know it's like I I needed an extra eight step sequencer, so I got this thing. Like I kind of wanna I wanna move it into the range where I've been trying to focus on things that people can easily justify buying multiples of, and I, mm-hmm. I'm trying to make mm-hmm. tree and leaves sort of fit that paradigm. Yeah, when I saw the when I looked at your video and you had like just like a whole row of leaves, I was yeah. just like, what? And, but I also yeah. was like, that looks really good together. And yeah, and it, it what I actually especially like. Having eight leaves, uh, in that video I had eight leaves tied to one tree and one leaves tied to another tree, and Mm -hmm. it's the kind of thing where it's like, sure, I've played played shows with uh, eight leaves and used it as a 64-step sequencer. Mm -hmm. What I actually think is way more interesting is having uh, two to four leaves each attached to two trees, 
right? Mm-hmm. And then those two tree leaf combinations interpatched can give you a ton of different sort of like evolving algorithmic sequences rather than like just stepping through one tree and then mm-hmm. having a second tree select one of eight leaves to give you a 64 step sequence that repeats every time. I'm more imagining like having two trees and two leaves or two trees and four leaves and having those all interpatched will give you the sort of complexity that um, that like a a sequencer with a screen and lots of options mm-hmm. intends to give you, but hides it all like underneath the surface. Right. No, I could see that how that would work. I mean, I, I built a patch yesterday. Actually, it's going to be in this episode because cool. I'm kind of doing like a, a long form demo using that, uh, the tree and the leaves, the inertia from new systems instruments. I'm not mm-hmm. sure if you're familiar with yeah, that. That's the oscillator, right? Uh, the, well, it can be an oscillator or a filter, it's Whoa. it's it's like a function generator. It's almost okay. like a, but it's got it's got its own character. I'm still trying to wrap my head around it. Sure, but, sure. Um, I that and boundary. Saw, I saw a demo at it for it at one point, and and it looked interesting. But I can't remember off the top of my head like what its sort of um, special sauce is. You know. Yeah, their stuff's really really interesting. Um, the harmonic shift oscillator also uh-huh. is a very nice sounding. Um, but so yeah, so I'm, I'm like I've got. I've got just tree and leaves just shit plugged in and coming out like just so you can just do so much cool routing. Something I really that kind of blew my mind about uh, tree is like, okay, so you have your eight you have your eight gate outputs. You put put your clock into it. If it's just a one, two, three, four, you're just getting all those out in a row. However, if you put a bunch of gates into the uh all the eight mm-hmm. gate outputs that are yeah. also inputs you can yeah. combine them into one output and advance that with a clock and that mm. is just you can do so much cool that's almost kind of like instant idm yeah yeah totally um, yeah a sequential switch is an interesting um is an interesting module it's hard to like when you get into synthesizers you're not like you know, it's usually because you hear like a filter or an oscillator right. or something yeah. or a drum module where you're like, wow, that sounds incredible. I want to check it out. And then you sort of quickly realize like this thing only sounds interesting when it has a lot of other components <laughs> that sort yeah. of like feed it the modulation mm-hmm. that, that makes it do the thing that I heard and fell in love with. And right. the sequential switch is kind of a difficult one because it doesn't make any sound on its own it doesn't really like do anything by itself it requires a lot of other modules and it requires a sort of way of thinking about a synthesis which is very abstract you know but yeah in that way like one switch can put can take any sized system and make it just so much more powerful definitely you know? yeah 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 and i think when you say like like the thought process of, of synthesis, like not only do you, do you like have to, you kind of, you have to kind of like get your bearings on what, what synthesis is and patching mm-hmm. and everything. But what I like about it is for somebody who I, I would say that I'm probably like, um, maybe like an intermediate modular synthesis. Sure. Um, but I think when you're at that Me level, too. you're, <laughs> when you're at that level of, of knowledge, stuff like tree can start like giving you a lot of aha moments. Yeah. Oh yeah. shit. Oh yeah. shit. I could do that. You know, like, and that's, that's where the real, that's where the, the, that's the thing that keeps me excited about, you totally. know, 
You yeah. know, I'm I'm still talking about it every week with somebody at <laughs> nice. least, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that that's um like I there's so many um something that might can feel like using a sequential switch is like super overkill for it, but is actually like really incredible. So like, you know, you have a filter that has like four outputs and you're only ever using the low pass like what if you patch your high pass to one of the other inputs and then you just use a gate to shift between the two steps mm-hmm. now on every you know on a, like one out of every eight of your sequencer steps or like you know you're sending a gate to it that like really quickly switches it into the high pass mode right mm-hmm. and now you're suddenly using so much more of the power of your synthesizer that was before just sort of sitting untapped, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And something that I, I like about, um, like the transpose in, in uh, options and leaves makes it really fun. It's like using it as just a, a CV source to control a bunch of other things uh-huh. and then using other CV sources to then transpose it. Like totally, you can get yeah. some really crazy stuff. But what I really like about it is like, okay, if I have like just a standard 16 step sequence, I can uh-huh. feed that through a transpose. And if tree and leaves are patched up right, uh-huh. you can turn a 16 step sequence into something pretty remarkable totally, and, yeah. and and have a lot of life and you know if it's hooked up with a uh with a quantizer you can i think it will add a, like a really cool live um live playability you know right. with those sliders because they, yeah. they invite you to slide them and then that's a way you can change stuff around yeah. really easily so yeah as i mean as you probably heard earlier i put a lot of thought into the sliders on this and Mm -hmm. you know like it would have been a much easier and less expensive thing to make if i had just used like the little plastic shaft knobs or whatever but Mm -hmm. you know as you might be able to tell like the aesthetics of the thing are quite important to me and having yeah having um a slider that just like visually represents your it almost feels like like a piano roll in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yes it makes it way easier to sort of like picture the shape of the um of the pattern that you're making and even Mm -hmm. though it's sideways i still i still am a big believer in the sliders and i think that really you know um it 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 lends a lot to the sort of like um playability of a sequencer like even Mm -hmm. though you know obviously if it had knobs i would use it with knobs and it would be fine but i i don't know i think that especially like having all of the steps across it each they have their own color but they're like coordinated between the Mm -hmm. host and the expanders Mm -hmm. and it makes it really easy for me to for example like i'll be using it with another sequencer and have to sort of like synchronize where the patterns are in my head and i'm like okay well the snare is on the yellow step right and that makes it Uh, so that i'm able uh to patch something out of the yellow and be like that's what's going to happen when it's um when it's uh when the snare hits so like uh-huh. the reverb will be increased or like right you know, it'll have hadn't even thought of that but yeah to another spot yeah the i use it code. i use That's it awesome. for that i mean like the rainbow sort of serves a functional purpose as well in that yeah way. well so the, you know like uh, yeah i know i know how much aesthetics means to you it's obviously means a lot to a lot of companies uh-huh. um but i think one of the things that makes you know i, I i'm like I like uh what am I trying to say? I'm I'm just a fan of people doing like their thing with like and and um 
you know, like, sure, could you sell more if they were all black and gold? Maybe, but it's yeah. very important to you that they look this way. And it's just yeah. cool to see, like, in this world, there's not many, like, as far as the instrument world goes, like, you are Mystic Circuits. Uh-huh. It's your vision. So you're yeah. like, it's like artisan. Like, you're an, right. you're an, you're a graphic artist. Mm-hmm. You're expressing yourself through a, a piece of machinery that's actually going to help you express yourself in another yeah, yeah. way. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That's just... I'm waxing poetic, but I just, I, that's sure, why I'm just yeah. get really excited when I see people like you make the decision, like, fuck it, I'm going to make purple modules in a yeah, world of, you know, I think that's a part of, part of it is that I really only get, you know, like I used to be a visual and musical artist to a much greater degree that I am now simply because mm-hmm. like running a company takes a lot of time and effort. Yeah. And so a part of it is that like, you know, I'm like, if I'm going to spend all this time working on this thing, I at least want to be having fun with it, you know, and that, and if I'm taking like, you know, you, you look at the panels, there's like a lot of work that goes into the panels. I'm like, if I'm putting all of this work into a panel, I wanna I wanna sell the pan my modules with the panel that I would want to use personally, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so and like the black and gold is personally not the panel I would want to use. I want to use it like this purple and like also you know I actually got a lot of inspiration from these knobs, which of course like Small Bear going out of business, I had to buy like a thousand. Oh uh, shit! Yeah, I had to buy a grip of them before they they um they sold them out i think they still have some but you know i i basically bought enough and i'm like once i run out of these i'll just get you know i know the company that makes these and i'll i'll just do the actual uh the the order myself right Mm -hmm. but um the sort of inspiration for the purple and silver did come from the knobs where i you know they had the um purple plastic and the silver dial in the middle and i for a long time was skeptical of circuit board panels i was like they they seem like uh, it feels chintzy right like they're not as Mm -hmm. durable as metal and i'm like yeah after a long enough time i'm like well sure like if i was to like put my module into a vice grip and like yeah yeah. if you're gonna throw it around yeah exactly (laughs) if i'm going to like jump on my module as hard as possible Uh right then sure the circuit board won't cut it right but these aren't stomp boxes like they sit in your synth and hopefully avoid direct impacts like 99 percent of the time Mm -hmm. and so and I also noticed that my circuit board panels didn't look nearly as beaten up as the metal panels did over the Mm -hmm. same period of time because metal, especially aluminum, which is a really soft metal, will Mm -hmm. dent incredibly easily. You just drop a, 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 um, what do you call it, like a patch cable on one of them, and that leaves a mark that's like incredibly easy to see. Mm -hmm. And so um, the part of the decision to add texture to the background too was actually to make it easier to obscure like when you do have a marking on your panel it's not like like just staring right at you yeah you know totally. like it sort of like blends into the texture a bit and then mm-hmm. it also i believe i was talking with somebody about how it um it actually uh it diffuses light in a different way too so like even though the panels are gloss when they photograph it doesn't um it doesn't look quite as jarring like you're not okay. just staring uh-huh. right at the glare on the panel yeah. like the glare is actually like sent in different directions and it the oh, glare weird. also sort of like accentuates the texture of the panel right okay so okay. um so 
I, all of these considerations were coming up in the process of making a circuit board. I was like ready to pull the trigger on black, but then I was like, you know what? If I if I can find people who do purple panels, then I can have them match the knobs. You mm-hmm. know, because yeah. the silver, yeah. purple and silver knobs, purple and silver panels, it's like everything sort of fits into a complete design aesthetic. And mm-hmm. you know, I started going like, well, what if I make the you know plastic shaft? knobs purple too and i'm like that you know that's not i'm not that crazy but (laughs) um but you know i it does feel good to have it like it even though it's like i had one user basically post on instagram when they got an anna and they're like my modular has a gold tooth now you know like um so it does definitely stand out from the rest of the of what no matter what companies you're using it stands Mm -hmm. out right but Mm -hmm. that um, the fact that they're all so cohesive with each other, I think, uh, like it, I get a, I get a lot out of looking at them all, mm-hmm. you know, like a row of tree and leaves all together being like, you know, I, I don't care how much it doesn't match the rest of the modular. Like they, they right. look like they're meant to be together, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, oh, what was I going to say? Uh, so I know a lot of your stuff is Turing machine compatible. Yeah. So leaves can be used because you can't just for the listener in case you haven't picked it up yet. Leaves you cannot use on its own. It is an no, expander. It's an expander. Yeah. Yeah. So it will basically, if you hook it up to a Turing machine, is it basically, is it, is it kind of like the volts, but an eight step sequencer? Yeah. Like, so, um, I mean, before volts was voltages, which was, um, an eight step sequencer for, okay turing machine or um, an eight step voltage expander right and Mm -hmm. uh my first module vert was also turing machine expander an an expander host which confused a lot of people being like right i can't plug my turing machine into my vert and i'm like yeah i don't do that (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah the, the the protocol is confusing for folks but once you once it clicks it's very very useful to have Mm -hmm. um first of all for me like i can have i can sell an expander that already has that expands modules that hundreds of if not thousands of people have right you know Mm -hmm. so um it's uh it's not as risky for me to do Mm -hmm. um as a small company like if i if one of my modules doesn't sell well it's a big hit for me yeah um so have the the ability to sell leaves um to a bunch of people who already have the host was a big plus. And then the fact that it daisy chains. So it's, if people have a, a bunch of expanders for their Turing machine or their permutation or whatever already there, it's not like, Oh, well you you can only use one of them. It's like, well, technically you can just put this in the chain and it'll, mm-hmm. and it'll sit in between the host you already have and the expander you already have. And, and you can use them both. Right. Um, so, yeah, I forget what your question was. <laughs> well, I was just, no, just talking about how they are, how um, you you use the Turing machine protocol, and what I'm what I'm really excited about, and I just I'm almost positive it will will work, but I just wanted uh, to talk to you first. Yeah, yeah. The Benjolin V2 hosts. Yeah, so it does work with the the after later Benjolin. Okay, because yeah, yeah, I was we like, tested it out. Okay, nice, nice. Because yeah. that once I wrap my head around the Benjolin, uh-huh. 
like the Benjolin with a couple of expanders is yeah, it's, is unstoppable. It's very similar it's to crazy. the Turing machine, but it offers mm-hmm. a lot of the sort of like um, the extra pieces you would need in order to get a lot out of it. So mm-hmm. like the feedback with the clock and then mm-hmm. the oscillator right. and filter that are all tied to it and stuff. And yeah, it definitely does work with the Benjolin. And I, I really do like, you know, I see a place for the Turing machine expander protocol. There are things that I wish were different about it. Like I wish that the power lines were on the same, uh, on the same pins as the Eurorack power, just because people inevitably do accidentally plug it into their power supply. Mm-hmm. And I've gone through great lengths to make it as obvious as possible that that is not what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. But it's, yeah, I love, it's, I love you know, that. Ex- you've got yeah. something rubber banded to it, like a giant and I'm yeah. leaving it on there. Cause I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> I mean like, even if you understand it, eventually if you sell it, like I want it to also be obvious to the next person who gets well, it. Well, and so. I'm always rearranging shit. And when yeah. you're rearranging shit and you're, and it's you've easy got, to just automate you're like totally. oh this is what this goes to you're on then, yeah exactly yeah, you're on autopilot yeah so. i haven't fried a module in years so yeah, I, I feel yeah. good about that it's a rite of passage you know Hopefully totally it happens yeah. with something cheap but um i yeah. think that it you know with modular you can expect that you are going to fry a module eventually. definitely yeah i can't remember I think, what mine was i think it was a uh i think i fried a um what was the the noise ring or whatever like the the oh yeah yeah module Uh that's basically Mm -hmm. like a turing machine because i wanted to make there's an expansion port on that and i wanted to make a uh a thing that would adapt turing machine expanders to work with it and then it 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 fried it (laughs) (laughs) so i had a whole other reason to fry my modules but i've definitely plugged them in wrong and then had the um the sort of like onboard protection like uh really um, prevent any damage. Yeah, um, a lot. Like, I think most newer companies are are putting that. It's just like a resistor that pops, right? Uh, sort of. There's like, like some that. diodes, and the, there's differing levels of, of okay. protection you can do. There's some diodes. There's uh, usually, um, yeah. There some people add a fuse, right? Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, generally speaking, like yeah, you have like a a, a low value resistor that will burn up like yeah and then you just have to replace that but um but yeah i mean like euro rack designing for euro rack is so wild because like you have to basically anticipate a bunch of stuff going wrong like even if it's not <laughs> the module breaking or the user p- plugging it in it's that like there's one module that has like gates that go all the way up to 12 volts and those will cause phase reversals in a lot of buffers on your gate inputs <laughs> and you know just like random bullshit like that like mm-hmm. one you know one incredibly famous company uh keys their power headers in the opposite direction as everybody else right like um so you know like you have the little box around your power mm-hmm. plug that keeps you from doing it backwards uh-huh. well if you use their power cables it's the opposite direction as everybody else's right and so yeah i see you with your hand on your head like that yeah. exactly so like <laughs> the, and it's never gonna not be like this right like yeah there there's no going there like you know there are people i've seen who are releasing modules with like new power cables that like are gonna you know completely change how everybody um, you know, plugs their power in and makes it impossible to plug in backwards. And it's like, that's great. That's only going to ever exist on your modules, you yeah. know? Like, um, which is cool. I mean, I'm all about like, add, yeah. like make it weirder. You uh-huh. know? But, yeah, yeah, totally. Um, but yeah, it's like, there's that XKCD 
comic that's like there are 16 formats for this thing like why doesn't somebody just make a universal uh, version of it that solves all these problems and then the next panel is like there are 17 versions of this thing (laughs) so um, yeah I think like basically you know your act was designed kind of not anticipating how much how popular it was going to get and then um, sort of like design flaws within the overall format were uh, sort of like just carried on forever. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I remember seeing a lecture by Miller Puckett who did, uh, who wrote Max MSP and, and pure data. Um, And he, he had a really funny thing he said, which was like uh, a lot of people think that, um, that progress in computing and otherwise is made by everyone kind of sitting around and being like, well, we do it this one way and if we did it this other way it would be much more efficient and logical and he's like actually what happens is that somebody makes a decision and it stays that way forever (laughs) (laughs) so I tried to so with that in mind I tried to have the whole power situation and the expander cables and stuff like that um, be used in such a way where like so you you might notice that the sticker on your power cable refers you to a github instead of like a static page so i can update that github whenever i want to if something down the line becomes apparent where i'm like oh shit something something's going wrong right Uh like or i told people to do the wrong thing right like i tried to make it as easy as possible to sort of guide people in a better direction in the future and Mm -hmm. i'm trying to do that with all of my um documentation now so like my zero hp stuff i'm going through the process of redoing that and putting it all on github right and okay github was just like i don't know if you're um, familiar with github Mm -hmm. but it's very like if it's great if you're using it as a user if you're using it as a host or a programmer it's very confusing so um yeah i've i've sort of like i think when i was starting all of this i just didn't i didn't really get it and i was like it's easier to just throw up a google drive link and have everybody just rely on that google drive link Mm -hmm. and then randomly recently google drive was like security update we're switching all of the links you've ever given out and none of them work anymore i'm just like cool (laughs) i'm I'm moving to github yeah thanks google Mm. Oh man, I so in the context of like Turing machines and and pendulums and expanders and just uh-huh. like you know what we're talking about, what tree and and leaves do like. You seem to have you know you have a. I wouldn't say like a a lane, but maybe like an an ecosystem uh-huh. that you kind of hang in as far as like your ideas for what you want to build uh-huh. modular wise. Sure. So I I was actually curious, kind of like I don't because I've never really talked about like what what are like the designs that maybe like influenced like your how you how you think about modular and, and building yeah. stuff and and was benjolin one of them uh uh well sort of i mean like the turing machine obviously was one yeah. because i started out my my first you know when i first started making modules i was building uh rainbow led turing machines and okay so that was sort of what got me off the ground and made it you know got me familiar with the process of like building a module um how to sell them right customer service stuff like that um how to how to make all of that more efficient right Mm -hmm. and it, it it helped me get off the ground in a way where i was able to um you know pay my rent uh 
barely. And then, <laughs> um, but also like get in the habit of making making modules, even if the design wasn't mine, right? Mm-hmm. And then um, after that, I started to develop uh, expanders for the Turing machine, right? And so that gave me a way to um, to develop a module with that. Uh, focused on a thing that already had an audience for Mm -hmm. it and so like kind of that helped percolate into other into people's brains in a way that might have been harder if I was just to make a module just like out of the blue that that didn't refer to anything else Mm -hmm. and then the vert also used Turing machine expanders and so I kind of like and that um, you know in a way like forced me to make it open source but in that way also made me appreciate that I was making it open source, right? And the sort of like advantages of open source hardware and of sharing my designs and of um, that sort of like ethos to the company. And so um, like in that way, I would say that the Turing machine was a big, um, a big influence on the beginning. And I'm very grateful to Tom Whitwell for making it open source um, Mm -hmm. and for allowing other people to make money off of it. Like it really, it was very helpful um when i was starting out i would eventually like to be in a position where i'm able to put things out there for other people to to make on their own Mm -hmm. and make money off of like preferably not the modules that i'm making my money off of but you know what i mean like i'm i would like to to be able to sort of share stuff like that in a way that helps people in the community um then uh, uh seattlin bard was a really big influence for me even wanting to start making synthesizers. I started out um, doing circuit bending and like a harsh noise kind of stuff mm-hmm. and um, seeing Seattle and Bard and being like, wow, there's really like literally nothing else out there that is anything even slightly like this. You know, mm-hmm. like I obviously now that I'm older, I know that a lot of his circuits are like inspired by Surge and, um, you know, have I'm able to sort of like trace a lineage to it. But back then it was like, okay, you either make, like, a weird little, uh, you know, like, a little, like, back in, like, 2004, 2005, when I was starting out with this, there were a lot of noisemaker boxes that were just, like, a couple of oscillators and, like, a ring mod put into a mm-hmm. guitar pedal. Yeah, right? and yeah. And so there was no CV in or out. There was no MIDI. You would just turn the knobs, basically. And yeah, it's yeah. Like, if that sounds boring to listen to, like, <laughs> it doesn't sound boring when it's put through, like, 70 distortion pedals, yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> at least to a 15-year-old. So Right, right. Um, so back then, that was sort of, like what i was accustomed to that it was either that or it's like you're playing a keyboard because you're you know you're you're making like disco or whatever right mm-hmm. and so for me to be to really like grasp something that was like not only does this thing do stuff without you if you try to do a thing with it it's going to like fight you yeah you yeah know? Like, <laughs> I, like i'm having a fight with my synthesizer uh-huh, right yeah right and that really like that um aesthetic really like amazed me and so mm-hmm. i think that that was something that i was a lot more interested in when i first started out now i'm i'm happy with like the and i only have like a couple of seattle and bard instruments now and they're really the most playable ones so like i have a tetrazi i have a sidrazi and i have a uh sw- uh the digital one the shibo the shinth um okay. but uh the the things that appealed to me about it basically I was able to figure out was like the happy accidents, you know, and the fact that you're, you're, you're not sitting there like composing, 
uh, you know, like this note is going to happen here. This note's going to happen here, like a list of notes basically for people to play. You're actually like um, sort of like setting up a, a little uh, like a playground almost right mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. within a certain space there are a variety of things that can happen but you don't know exactly what's going to happen right mm-hmm. and that's a sort of like way of performing that really appeals to me where like i i know roughly what kind of sound and energy i'm going for but i don't know exactly where all of the little details are going to work out right yeah i, I just sort that's of kind um, of where i've landed recently yeah, yeah yeah and i think that's really what like I get that there are a lot of people who use a modular synth because it lets them mix their favorite oscillator with their favorite filter with their, you know, whatever, you know, the discrete VCA that sounds really nice and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I, I understand that that's a thing that a lot of people like. But personally, if I was writing music, if I was trying to compose like quote unquote music that was always intending to, it was always going to do the same thing, I I wanted front from start to finish, I would either use an electron box or a computer, right? Like the yeah. modular synth, I don't think is the ideal. You're all, it's almost like an exercise, it, like a endurance exercise to do with the modular <laughs> yeah, synthesizer, yeah. right? Because yeah. there are a lot of things that it can do in that realm that are difficult to do with these other boxes, but that if you're a little creative, you can figure out how to do it. Really the mm-hmm. interesting, the most interesting thing to me about modular synths is the sort of um, chaotic, chaotic um, and chaos distinct from randomness. Like chaos is something that is co- so complex that it's difficult to really identify the pattern, but where there is a pattern right? yeah, yeah. without randomness to it. Um, mm-hmm. I really enjoy the sort of chaotic composition tools that uh, a modular synth allows you to use. Um, where you're using like logic and and uh, switching and it's mm-hmm. just, you know just basically my modules. You're using my modules, right? <laughs> um, you're using these tools that you don't necessarily think you know. Like your uh, your keyboard doesn't come with a logic module right, usually right. within it. it. It it's it's a lot more straightforward. Um, you're using these like tools that are that have their basis in analog computing you know like very obscure sort of like um concepts in order to actually write music in a way that is intentional right like obviously Mm -hmm. you can just set the randomness on everything to a hundred but randomness gets really boring after a while right yeah yeah you need to even when you're using randomness you need to be very kind of like conservative about how you're you're using that to control like Mm -hmm. which aspects of your patch you want to control otherwise it starts to get seasick you know yeah yeah Um, totally i like this idea yeah yeah. this idea of chaos that's kind of how i approach it too because i don't use a whole lot of actually random stuff but i patch stuff in such a way that there is a pattern i couldn't tell you what it is but Mm -hmm. because there's it's kind of it it becomes exponential after a while this this pattern but you're still like it's not like you're just leaving all the decision making up to the synth you're sort of like steering totally yeah which way you want it to go you're like i want it to be a more sparse um a more sparse part where there's like little bursts of action um, mm-hmm. And it's you know there there's a, there's a predictable drum beat that maybe has like a little bit of randomness, but on top of that, like it's 
improvising a sort of there's like a pad and then it's improvising like a lead over that right 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 and that's usually yep. when i'm when i'm especially when i'm improvising with the modular synth that's usually sort of like the way that i'll think about it i'm like mm -hmm. i want i'm pulling back on the energy i'm making the the it more sparse i'm gonna you know like have this this voice like do a solo right you know so it, <laughs> in that way it almost feels more like you're a composer and that you're totally um, it's yeah you're telling it's... different things like mm -hmm. what what sort of like um what sort of uh vibe for mm -hmm. lack of a better mm -hmm. word you want them to have but you're not telling them exactly all of the notes that they're playing. right exactly i yeah. and it's funny because like i got out of all like to before I had the podcast and was just getting into modular to afford getting modules, I had to sell pretty much everything else that I had because yeah. I was just all in on modular yeah, yeah. because I, the, because of exactly what we're talking about. Uh -huh. This was like exactly where my head was at. But now, you know, you know, four years in, I got a huge system. Now I'm like, okay, now I want to compose over this. Uh -huh. And yeah, I could do it on this with a sequencer and, and all that, but I'm going to buy it. A fucking desktop synth so i got a hydra <laughs> yeah. synth you know yeah, <laughs> like yeah, yeah yeah um because i just i want i want to sometimes sit down and just like play music yeah have it do exactly traditionally. what you tell it to do <laughs> yeah because yeah, i mean that's totally. where i come from musician wise yeah. like i've been playing guitar since i was 12 and yeah. piano for like yeah, 10 yeah. years so yeah um but now i'm getting to this really fun spot where i'm i feel like I'm marrying the two i'm, I'm yeah, able that's to that's kind of what i've been trying to learn how to do like yeah. It's fun, man. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think I, so. I feel like I'm learning how to make music all over again. Like I just, yeah. I, I set up my studio so that I have Ableton at the heart of it. But then I also have, um, I have like the, I just got the board brain, uh, module that does the, a spit if in and out. I think it's, mm -hmm. but the, it's like the dish, it hooks up to your audio interface. It basically adds, eight channels in and out directly from your computer. Oh, cool. Right? Okay. Uh, from, from your audio interface rather. So uh -huh. um, that's gotten me up to like 16 channels of recording where eight of them are in the modular and eight of them are um, from my mixer. And so okay. I'm much more easily able to um, like, uh, like to basically integrate everything. I just haven't figured out how, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. I, like you mean like I, musically how yeah, like musically. How to, yeah. 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 I, I, when I sit there and I'm like, okay, I'm going to write a song. It's like very intimidating, you know, because this is sort of like, uh, what I've been working towards for a long time. It's like the ability to, to actually write something with the modular that feels like I'm intentionally doing it. Right. But it took a lot right. of work to get here. You know, like basically the entire pandemic I've been working on this, on getting the studio set up. And mm -hmm. that a lot of that was like, I had all of the pieces, but I couldn't tell which of them were actually necessary. So a lot yeah. of it was like getting rid of stuff, but there was also like some yeah. woodworking and some, uh, you know, it figure you driver updates on my <laughs> old ass desktop that I, uh -huh. you know, like, uh, it's my partner's desktop and we try to keep it unplugged from the internet. So like there was a lot of, just because we want to be able to keep it like in a good form, you know, right. like yeah, without yeah. having to in update anything ever. Uh -huh. yeah. So, um, so there was like a lot of kind of head scratching that went into that, but now it finally is feeling like it's there. And now I'm like, I have no idea how to make music with this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you didn't ask for it, but I, I'll give you, I'll, I'll tell you what I do here. Yeah, a little, sure, like some, sure, some maybe an idea to start with is, um, what I usually do is build like 
some sort of maybe bed drone or like repetitive thing with Uh the modular and record that and maybe you know record a piece that's that's interesting enough but could use something else and then come in with a synth or a guitar later okay and find that that bed or whatever actually inspires me to write an actual melody or chord progression so that's kind of um, and I'm just recently getting to where I can kind of go backwards from that because that to me is uh, a lot harder. I don't sure. know why. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like I never tune anything and I never try to figure out what key I'm in or anything, but I yeah. always just kind of like manage to land in the right spot. So I right, think I've yeah. just got a good ear for it or something. Sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think um, it, I'll tell you this because I've been trying, you know, like playing, trying to play guitar with it for a while. Uh-huh. Um, I even gave up for a while because uh-huh. I was like, this isn't going the way that I wanted. Sure. And, um, you just got to fucking keep, you just got to just do it and do it and do it yeah. and do it over and over. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I think what made me, I think what really made me a way better synthesis was uh, having a tiny little portable battery powered case that I brought around when I'd go camping and stuff. Yeah. And it, it, it couldn't, I got a battery now that can like supply my whole seven U case. So I would, I like in hindsight, I would like, I'm glad I didn't have that. I would have wanted that, but I'm glad I didn't because it forced me Uh, to get really good with like four modules. What four modules can I make? Don't you live in the Pacific Northwest? I do. And it's not, well, I got the make noise case, which has the, it's got a rubber seal on it. So that's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, as someone who goes camping quite often, I'm always like, God, if I had my synth here, this would be way more stressful. <laughs> it, You know, I, I, I have a pretty good, like, system of – I've got, like, a craftsman toolbox that has all okay. of my stuff nice. aside from the synth. Yeah. Um, I even have, like, an external frame pack that doesn't uh-huh. have anything. It's just the frame that I can sure. put the, the synth on. Nice. I mean w- – Inevitably, something I'm gonna break something, but yeah. I have yet to ruin a module. I've cool. I've walked around on a beach with it. Yeah, I've been in rain, you know, in rainy campgrounds. You know, luckily sure. it just stays in the car. But um, oh man, I'm imagining right now like uh, you with almost like a keytar walking down the beach. You know, and I'm like, <laughs> oh shit, somebody's got to make the keytar modular case. Dude, oh my god, is there not one? Nope. <laughs> I think, oh, here's what we're going to do. We're going to edit this part out of the conversation, okay, okay. and me and you are going to make a key. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Shit, yeah. it's already been an hour. Yeah, it's I guess so. fast. Time flies. Um, yeah, it's, well, it's been great. I can't wait to hang out with you in person again. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we still. Down south. Um, there's the. Um, there is a. Uh, a trade show that happens in Burbank, which is now where I live. Um, and it's supposed to be happening in October. Synthplex? Uh, Synthplex. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So if you wanted to come down for that, I'd be happy to host you. And then, okay. Um, yeah. That'd be awesome. I, I have never been to one. Be at the same time as, uh, what's it called? Um, as a output, but Cindy was at the last Synthplex. So I'm the only Synthplex so far. So I'm sure that she would, it out, especially if uh, what's his face is playing again. I forget who the headliner was for that, but Cindy was really excited for that. Um, oh yeah, fuck, um, was that guy's name? She the headliner at Science. Velocity? At no, at Synthplex. It was the guy who. Oh wrote, oh yeah, was yeah. it um, uh, Thomas Dolby? Yeah, 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 was, yeah. Was, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I've I've been wanting to go to trade shows, and then like the summer of 2020 was going to be the summer of me like going to places and yeah. getting flown out to places and right. Um, then, you know, 
the shit. Uh, uh, man, honestly, like over 2020, I think the, the the biggest silver lining is that I haven't gone to any trade shows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's got to be way different. Very much. Yeah, I am planning on doing Super Booth this year just because that is um, probably the funnest trade show I've been to, and also because I really do need to focus on expanding in the in the, in the Europe. And in the then, Europe, yeah, <laughs> um, and then yeah, just like sort of a way to cat hopefully put a bookend on on this bullshit. Um, yeah, have take a trip somewhere that I really enjoy, and also just like justify it because it's still work. I have to do that basically right. every time I travel. So, but yeah, yeah, other than that, like I'm not really looking at like okay, I'm going to go back on tour to all these trade shows because right, man, right, it's really like it takes it out of you. You know, well, so yeah, me going like is way more for like a, yeah, yeah, I would be more for a social, it's, social thing and meeting yeah. people. But like, as yeah, you, I mean, I remember I was helping with after later at velocity, yeah. but I got to take breaks cause there were three that of us. That was even but, an easy one because it was yeah. like one day. Right. right? Yeah. Or maybe two days. It wasn't that bad. And also it was like, like a half the, a day. Cause the first yeah. half of the day well, was the, the trade, trade show, show section was only for like five hours or something yeah, like that. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, this is like a breeze. But mm-hmm. I've done I've done a lot of them before where I have to like take the subway like with all of my equipment and you know, all this bullshit. I'm just like Yeah. Yeah. It's it's not it's not a fun thing doing the trade shows. I, I honestly don't miss it. Yeah. I mean the hang though. It's just like I just went yeah, to Colorado and nice. got to but hang with But then you with also feel like you're missing out because you've got to sit by your booth and try and actually I guess sell that's shit, true. You know? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I yeah, so for you guys it's not that great, but no. for everybody else it seems like a lot of fun. Right. Um we still talk about how you were like the best house guest ever. Oh, nice. You're like, you know, cuz most people like by 3 days I think you're like ready for whoever's staying at your house to go. Yeah. And we were both bummed that you left. Aww. <laughs> I remember we were like, oh, it's not the same. <laughs> You're just like was... <laughs> smelling my blankets. <laughs> <laughs> well, I left um... a t-shirt just so that they could, re- my, they could remember my smell. <laughs> oh man you need to make mystic circuits binkies oh yeah no i'll make the t-shirts but it's been like worn by eli. <laughs> worn to the gym by eli <laughs> oh is there anything that like you want to promote or say that we haven't got to uh buy my modules buy i agree yeah i think um yeah and uh I'm either going to have a demo before this chat or after where I'm using tree and leaves Sweet. pretty extensively. Yeah, and um, then um, if an item seems interesting to you, uh, Instagram is probably the easiest place to know when it's going to be available. Um, I also have a Facebook group, which you know hasn't been super active because I don't really enjoy being on Facebook, but I have been trying to promote it as like a place to talk about Mystic Circuits things. And I, I tease a lot of stuff that isn't out yet on there. So Okay, um, cool. Yeah, it's called the Mystic Circuits Ancient and Audible Society 23rd Degree or something like that i wanted it to kind of <laughs> that's be like pretty easy of, to like find. an elk's lodge kind of thing you know uh-huh. where we can all like uh yeah where we can all play golf together like that's kind of what i'm imagining for mystic circuits <laughs> i'll be the caddy hell yeah <laughs> um i also want to just well i want i want to throw out a plug for you and say that um your videos on youtube are oh yeah are really great and Thank you. I think you and I have a, a similar philosophy when we approach videos. Right, yeah, in one that, meme or to another. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's 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 have some fun with it. So totally sweet. All right, um, 
man, you know, does anybody use the internet anymore? Like you said, Instagram's probably the best way to find yeah, yeah, out yeah. about everything Mystic Circuits. Yeah. Um, sweet. Well, thanks for coming back. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me on. This was a lot of fun. All right, that's our show. Thank you so much to Eli for coming back and for making such brilliant modules. I'm telling you, the tree and leaves combo, you can't go wrong. If you have a small system, this is a perfect little uh, pairing to really stretch it out. I'm having so much fun with it, and I'm just wrapping my head head around it. Um, I want to remind you all about the High Guide podcast that I just recently um, composed some music for, uh, some of my favorite music I've ever made. Um, so yeah, link in the show description, or you can just get it wherever you get your podcasts. What else? Thank you to Patchworks, and also congratulations, Patchworks, on five years. It's so, so cool. It's gone by really, really quickly. Um, thank you to New Systems Instruments. I'm telling you, this inertia is, I love it. Like, modules are getting cooler and cooler because there's just, you know, it's like there's just more and more stuff to build upon, and there's more competition, and there's more brains in it making stuff, and it's just cool to see all these different people's personalities kind of show up in modular form, and New Systems Instruments definitely has uh, their own their own vibe, their own, their own personality as far as modules go. Um, high quality stuff, and uh, yeah, really, really fun to use. The Inertia. Once again, thank you to Secret Aardvark Sauce. Don't forget they've got their new flavors. Um, link in the show description for that, too. I'm so excited to have literally my favorite hot sauce company ever. It's just such a weird story. It just how it happened, but it was just like, what? But, yeah, I'm, I'm just really excited. So, uh, so please, if you support the sponsors, you're supporting the show. Um, you know, you can support the sponsors, or you can support me on Patreon, Podular Modcast um, at Patreon. Uh, there's, I'm hoping to get some more bonus stuff up there. I feel like I've said that more times than I've said there is bonus stuff. Um, but yeah, I just, I just moved. Come on, give me a break. Um, yeah, that's, uh, patreon.com forward slash popular modcast. To everybody who's recently signed up, I, uh, I want to extend my gratitude to you. It means a lot. Once again, thank you to Afterleader Audio for their continued support of PodMod. Please go check them out at afterleaderaudio.com. Um, the Dirty Laundry module that was just released uh, at the same time as Bleak Loop is, is such a cool module. If you want to destroy sounds in the fun, like one of the most fun ways, I almost said funnest, I don't think that's a word. Um, just so much CV control over so many different parameters, so much cool uh, normaling and... Uh, I, you know how it goes. I made a really cool video about it on YouTube. Um, also made a really comprehensive video about the Benjolin. Um, I'm not sure if you've seen that yet, but if you are at all curious about what the Benjolin is, uh, I think my video lays it out pretty well, and this thing is... Uh, I think I'm going to say it. I think I'm going to... I think I'm actually going to say it. It's my favorite module. There. I did it. Thank you so much for coming back to Podular Modcast. Going to be four years pretty soon. It feels pretty good. Anyways, I love y'all. Until next week. Oh, you thought it was over. The secret word I'm just going to read from a comic book is... Um, hold on. That was not a good word. I don't want that to be the secret word. Uh, uh, cringy Supercut cringy supercut if you have made it all the way to this part of the episode go on to instagram and comment cringy supercut on the post about this episode you're the best